Good morning. Hope everybody's doing well today on this wonderful and beautiful Tuesday morning. And uh, trust everybody slept well last night and uh, ready to hit the day going and running. And uh, I know that uh, our world is in turmoil. <laughs> and, uh, uh, you know, I, I don't mean to laugh uh, in, in a uh, insensitive way. It's just uh, my laughter comes from the fact that it's just um, mind-blowing uh, what we're seeing right now. It is just it's surreal. Uh, you know, it just, I don't know, like I said, I feel like I've woke up in a alternate universe. I really do. You know, I've told you before, the, the television show uh, Sliders that used to air, how he built a machine that would slide to uh, alternate Earths. Uh, that uh, were still the same year, and uh, but uh, the way history unfolded was completely different uh, than uh, the way our society uh, fell into place. And it is uh, almost feels like yes, yeah, sometimes I think what we're seeing going on. It is. Uh, I know people really uh, uh, anxious uh, with this whole uh, COVID ordeal. I've read comments where people are. Uh, you know, don't, you know, refuse to wear a mask. Well, that's, you know, that should be your decision and your right. But I, what, what really upsets me is the people who don't want to wear a mask wants to look down on those who do as if we're complying uh, with the government uh, and that we are uh, unable to stand on our own, so to speak, you know. And, you know, that, that really bugs me uh, because, you know, I have underlying health issues. Uh, my father uh, is in that range of not only in the in the range of uh, age uh, that can affect, but he has underlying health issues as well. And so people like us, you know, we, we feel the need to wear a mask. It's not about government compliance. It's not about silence. As I was saying, some people uh, put on there, you know, it's not, a, you know, we're not, this is not the uh, Stamp Act. This isn't the, the Boston Tea Party that we're rebelling against a, government who seeks to control us. Now, you know, I see certain aspects, uh, particularly for the liberal progressives who want to control us, who want to push socialism. But it doesn't uh, deny the fact, uh, the science that is there, those who are affected by COVID, it is real. It does happen. Now, as was what the numbers have shown uh, been truly accurate, well, studies have shown that some of those numbers were not completely accurate. But it does not negate the fact that this is a real virus. And uh, but like I say, if you don't want to wear a mask, that's on you, man. You know, people say, well, I'm, I don't have any symptoms. I'm not sick. But that's the whole point of the mask is because you may be asymptomatic and not even know that you're sick. And that's the whole point is to help prevent that. And this whole fallacy of breathing your own, breathing in carbon dioxide that is not true. Otherwise, you would have doctors and nurses passing out from wearing a mask. I mean, come on, guys. I mean, you know, uh, it's just it, I'm, I'm frustrated and aggravated uh, because uh, I don't like feeling like people are looking down uh, on me because I feel the need to wear a mask because I do have severe health issues. And uh, just like we were out the other day and uh, I have my mask on and he's couple of guys walked by and said, hey, no way, you can't make me do that. And he gave me a dirty look. And uh, <laughs> I tell you, I just uh, I just looked at my phone and pretended like I didn't see him or hear him because my wife and daughter was with me. And that's about the only reason why. Otherwise, I would have uh, 
Well, let's just say that the talking I would have had with him uh, would have been a long-lasting memory for this individual. But I, I, uh, but I knew my wife would have a hissy fit, so I didn't, uh, I did not engage. But it just, and I think a lot of people feel like I do, who um, who are concerned and worried. And uh, so, if you feel the need not to wear a mask. That's great, but don't belittle those of us who who feel the need to wear one. So I just want to throw that out there. You know, it is uh, tragic and horrible uh, to see this uh, little eight-year-old girl uh, that's been gunned down, uh, just trying to cross. She crossed the barrier there in Portland and was gunned down. Uh, then you see the little eleven-year-old boy. Uh, his grandfather was on uh, been on uh, Fox News and uh, the loss of his life see these little children being victims of this this hate uh this race race division uh, that we're seeing and what's bad is these are african-american children that were shot down by other african-americans and uh you know that's the real problem that exists here it's not about race it's about evil that is exists uh that is um, uh, the hardening of hearts uh the conscience that has been seared uh, you know, that's that's the real underlying issue. Uh, this is not a race issue. If you haven't noticed, uh, this is uh, just the devil running scared and running rampant because we're, we're living in the last days. And you can laugh and mock when I say that, but uh, it is true. Uh, we are living in the last days. And uh, we need to pray for these families, you know, as a father and as a parent. Uh, you know, I, I don't ever want to imagine uh, that kind of loss and tragedy. And uh, I'm sure they are uh, grieving uh, beyond words. So let's be praying for them and also be praying for the police officer. He was gunned down and shot. And his last wor words was, tell my family I love them. And uh, uh, see, you know, this is the things that are, that are happening. You know, we get angry, we get upset because what the media is pushing out there. And uh, we're upset because what liberals are trying to push. We get upset because we feel like uh, our freedoms are under attack. Uh, our monuments are under attack. Uh, and so we are very aggressive and very upset. And, and likely so, we should be. But let's not forget the innocence uh, that is being lost and being taken from us as a result uh, of the bitterness, hatred, and unforgiving hearts that are out there. And uh, then, of course, I know everybody has uh, seen the viral video of the uh, of the woman Elizabethan uh, who was using racial slurs and uh, uh, defamatory words in regards to uh, homosexuals. And, uh, you know, I don't agree with what this woman said. I think what she said was uh, completely wrong. Uh, it was disgusting and distasteful. Uh, it does make you wonder uh, what led up to that you know did she just start screaming these things or did was she antagonized to the point she lost her temper and said things that she now regrets you know that, that's what i would like to know uh how this all come about uh, maybe she was just angry in general and just started saying garbage she shouldn't you know uh, the young lady was only 16 years old she was uh, hollering at and screaming at and had a Young Life shirt. I've, I've been a member of, I was a member of Young Life when I was a kid, good organization. Uh, they really love the Lord, uh, do a lot of good things. And so uh, I hate that, uh, you know. But uh, um, so, uh, yeah, Scott said we need to pray for her. Most definitely, we need to pray for this woman. Uh, you know, but here's the thing, guys. You know, we got to keep in mind, um, as Christians, 
You know, we need to make sure we're showing a loving heart, a loving spirit. Uh, we can speak the truth in love without you know, lowering ourselves to, uh, to the level of those in the world. Uh, we can disagree with things that are contrary to the word of God, but we have to do it in a, in a way that will draw people to Christ, not repel them uh, from Jesus. And uh, so, you know, the, you know I, I am by no means defending the actions of this woman. Uh, but remember, uh, with all this going on right now, you know, tempers are really high. And uh, we need to be careful what we say and how we act. Now, not only because uh, we are Christians, uh, you know, we need to make sure we're, we're doing the right thing. But everybody has a stupid phone. So if you lose your temper, whether in situations like when the rally like this woman was at, if you're driving and losing your your temper, those, then like with this whole Black Lives Matter thing, like I said, I've I've got my you know my opinions, and there are facts that back up those opinions. Uh, why I don't agree uh, with the Black Lives Matter movement, um, I I think what happened uh, with with Floyd uh, was wrong and tragic. Don't get me wrong. Uh, and I think whole, this whole situation would be handled better. That there's these those on the on the left, liberal left. Uh, they want to set you up to destroy you. See those, you know, all they you know these people run on emotion. They don't run on fact. When you try to present facts, you they think you're trying to confuse them. So my point is, you better cool it. You better watch what you say because they got that phone. And they're going to take screenshots of what you put on Facebook. They're going to take video of what you're saying. And they want to ruin you. All right. Like I said, I do not, do not defend the actions of this woman, Elizabeth. And I think what she done was vile and disgusting. I mean, I just agree. I just, quite, quite frankly, in fact, there was even a woman. They show her. She's like, you know, oh, my gosh, you know. So, you know, uh, I, I feel her pain. You know, you're like, oh, you know, this this is a bad representation. That's, that's what they want our area to look like, in fact, in the comments, a woman wrote on there said, "This is why I moved to Ohio because people there are are bigots and and they are judgmental." And I thought, you know, you're full of crap, man. Most people around here are loving and kind and get along, no matter what race you are. We don't nobody cares about that. But see, that's what they want, and that's why they want Christians to react in a certain way because that way they can say, "Oh, look at that angry Christian, that judgmental, hate-filled Christian." That's what they want. Don't give them that. Remember the fruits of the Spirit of love, joy, peace, long-suffering, goodness, kindness, faithfulness, self-control. My friends, we have to represent Jesus Christ. We are ambassadors for God. So let's make sure, you know, that we are doing the right thing. We don't agree. We do not compromise with the world. We don't compromise with the Word of God. We stand true and we stand strong to our beliefs and our convictions that we do it in a loving and kind way. And we have to be very careful because they want to cost you your jobs. They want to cost you your livelihood. They want to destroy you. And uh, they're doing a good job of it. So don't give in and because they want to set you up. All right. <laughs> All right. Uh, so let's go ahead and let us stand and let us uh, do our Pledge of Allegiance. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America, and to the republic for which it stands, one nation, under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. Oh, boy, I truly love this land, and I love this country, and I uh, am a... Uh, 
I've always been very patriotic because the way I've been raised. And I praise God that I was raised in a godly Christian home uh, that taught those principles uh, that I hold dear. And, uh, you know, uh, I, uh, my dad sent me to a private school when I was a kid, uh, Tri-City Christian School. Now, I'm not knocking Tri-City Christian. I think they're a good school. And I, you know, I think, you know, if that's where you feel like you need to send your kids, that's fine. I, on the other hand, hated every second of <laughs> it. I hated every second of it, and uh, just because I was bullied a lot uh, growing up. But I will have to say, that's one thing that they, um, growing up, uh, for until I went to high school, that's where I went to school. And that's one thing that they were, they were very, uh, they, they, they really pushed hard patriotism and what the flag stood for, what it represented, uh, and uh, really, uh, and of course, you know, I appreciate uh, the catechisms and the, and the that we learned and the Bible verses and the um, uh, and the studies of the Bible might not have appreciated as much then as I do now, but looking back, I, I appreciate uh, the fundamentals uh, that they instilled in me as a as a young man, and so I um, uh, I think that's one reason why I have uh, such patriotism in my heart for our country, and it's so sad to see uh, the state of affairs that our country is in uh, right now. Well, let's go ahead and uh, let's look at our uh, Bible verses this morning. We're going to look at 1 Timothy chapter uh, 4, verses 12, and then uh, verse, verse 12, and then we're going to read verse 15 and 16. We're going to skip over 13 and 14 for the sake of our study and uh, look at that. So let's go ahead and bring that up so you can read along. First uh, Timothy 4, verse 12, Let no man despise thy youth, but be thou an example of the believers in word, in conversation, in charity, in spirit, in faith, in purity. Meditate upon these things. Give thyself wholly to them, that thy profiting may appear to all. Take heed unto thyself and unto the doctrine, continuing them. For in doing this thou shalt both save thyself, and that... And them that hear thee. And as my old Pappy always says, bless this reading and the hearing of it to our hearts. All right, friends, you know, Plato was known to say uh, that he was thankful that he was a Greek and not a barbarian, uh, that he was uh, a man instead of a female. <laughs> and that, uh, of course, my grandfather always said he'd rather be a knot on a dog's hind leg than be a woman. But. <laughs> We'll leave that for another time. Not, no offense to you, ladies. You're wonderful and beautifully made. So God created you in a wonderful way. I'm just making a, a little joke there. But anyway, Plato did say uh, those things and said that he was glad that he was born in the age of Socrates. Well, you know, uh, his point is, uh, dealing, he's merging uh, his philosophy uh, with his ethical worldview. And, uh, you know, it's a sad thing to see that... Uh, uh, the decline uh, of our ethics. Now, you know, I had to take a class in ethics in, in college, and uh, particularly in the ministry, I think it's, it's, it's highly important uh, to take a class in ethics uh, just for the simple fact to, uh, uh, you know, some people don't let, have common sense. You know, you're one thing, you're never to be alone with a, a woman, someone of the opposite sex. Uh, in fact, when you counsel, you always make sure that you have someone else there uh, in the building or in a, uh, a joining uh, office. And uh, like when I do counseling with a woman, I always make sure my mother or my wife or 
daughter, somebody's there with me, and, uh, and I keep the door cracked, and uh, they're in the other room. So that just eliminates. Not that there's, I would ever do anything, or the counselee would ever do anything, but it just eliminates uh, anyone trying to make uh, derogatory uh, accusations, and that's, that's just the, what you're supposed to do, you know. And so it's a good thing. You know, uh, I was reading a story uh, where an individual was uh, speaking at a university, and he was discussing uh, ethics and discussing biblical uh, worldview in regards to uh, to our ethical uh, or, our, or how we view ethics, rather. And uh, after the um, uh, the professor, of course, was asking, you know, how, how I wish you would show me how to. Uh, properly teach ethics so I can keep my students from teaching or something to that effect. Well, after the the uh, teaching, uh, one of the students come up and said, well, I'm supposed to write a paper. And she said, I was originally going to write it uh, against what you were saying, but what you had to say, uh, you know, she said, it really changed my outlook and viewpoint in regards to how the Bible uh, deals with ethics. And she said, but I have a dilemma. And the, the speaker was like, well, what well, what's the dilemma? She said, "Well, if I uh, write uh, that I believe, that you've changed how I look and, and view uh, things, uh, then I'm going to get a low grade. But if I come out and, and against what you have to say, then I'll have a high grade." And, you know, that's kind of a sad situation that uh, professors uh, have um, infiltrated and instilled into our students uh, that truth is relative and that uh, they're pushing a liberal progressive worldview. And that's exactly what the result that we're seeing uh, in our country today because of, of, of public school system. Uh, you know, you, you've had um, you know, the, these books written out by uh, liberal professors from Harvard and uh, 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 Stanford or wherever it may be. And, uh, uh, and so they, they've pushed this, this liberal agenda uh, throughout their their school years and their fundamental years. And so we, there should be no surprise at what we're seeing here today. You know, it's a shame that uh, very few know our history. And even if they do know their history, few uh, ever uh, under, you know, practice anything that they've learned and knowing that it can be repeated. And, uh, and so we're seeing this upheaval uh, in our country right now because of the lack of their knowledge of history how the Civil War actually started. But when you give them the truth, oh, man, they, they go up and go, no, 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 it's slavery, it's slavery. No, slavery was a part of it, but that's not what initiated the Civil War. But there, and it, 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 I'll tell you, the one thing that really just uh, makes me angry is people comparing Nazi Germany to the South. I mean, come on. You know, here Nazi Germany is out to genocide a whole uh, ethnic group, gas chambers, starvation. I mean, the, the amount of torture, the evil, heinous acts of the Nazis is nowhere even close to what happened in the South. Like I said, slavery was wrong, but only 5% of the South even had slaves. I just, you know, and it, but, you know, I need to let it go. <laughs> it, just, it, just, it just makes me so angry, you know. But anyway, you know, when you look at the Judeo-Christian ethic, now, it is very interesting that uh, that term, Judeo-Christian ethic, uh, you know, we hear it commonly uh, in our, um, uh, whether uh, President Trump has said it repeatedly, we see it a lot within uh, our conservative spheres and, and churches. And it was actually coined in 1888 uh, by Friedrich Nietzsche, 
uh, in his book, uh, The Antichrist, The Curse of Christianity, is where that actually uh, originated from. And um, uh, But Dwight Eisenhower, 1952, uh, referred to that, uh, that term again in a, in a speech that he gave uh, in the fact that uh, in relation to uh, the Jewish descent uh, and, uh, and to Christianity, you know, we, and this is kind of like one thing we've discussed in our study in Hebrews that I've been doing. Uh, you know, there are those that uh, don't believe that uh, Israel is the church today. And, um, and those are called dispensationalists. They thought the Old Testament only applied to then. It doesn't apply to us today. And they make a distinct uh, division between the two, which is completely false because with the, old, the New Testament, that's all they had was the Old Testament. And that's what Jesus quoted many times with those from the Old Testament. And we look in Romans to see that how we, uh, the Gentiles, uh, were grafted in. Uh, so that's why the church we understand today is Israel. But when we see the Judeo-Christian ethic, you know, one thing that we understand uh, is that even in, in military academies, uh, that, that that ethic, that Christian ethic is still uh, taught. And now they may not refer to it as the Judeo-Christian ethic, but we look at the golden rule to treat others as you would have them treat yourself because in, in, in engagement of war, how you deal with the enemy. And if you capture someone from the other side, there's an ethical way to deal and treat that enemy. Even though you may despise and hate what that enemy stands for, you still have an ethical obligation to treat them with a certain amount of kindness and mercy and uh, as you take them to whatever prison or whatever it is, their camp that they have to take them to, they have responsibility. So that's why we look at the decline of our world now because of the lack of Christian fathers, the lack of fathers in general. Uh, we're seeing that absenteeism within the home. And as a result, I think this is one reason why you're seeing teen pregnancy at all time high. You see young men who are feminized because they have not had a strong male role model in the home. And, uh, and I think that's why we're seeing an upheaval of disrespect because of the, the lack of fathers, the lack of good golly Christian fathers, the lack of families in the church. And so that changes the whole dynamic uh, if, um, uh, of how uh, their, their worldview, you know, what you believe will have a direct effect on how you act. And so when we understand the golden rule, we understand the Judeo-Christian ethic, we understand mercy, we understand forgiveness, we understand love, and we understand respect for those who are in authority. See, even as Christians, see, we abide by the things that the government, the laws of the land, until it is contrary to the word of God. And then that's when we stand up and say, no, that we can't abide by that because that's contrary to what God's word tells us. You know, and that's one thing that um, in Timothy, uh, I think it's 2 Timothy 4.12, let me double check here before I mention that. Uh, no, that is not right. Um I thought it was 412, but I, I can't remember now. Uh, maybe it's 1 Timothy 412. Let me look over here and see. Uh, no, that's one we just read, ain't it? Uh, well, anyway, my point is, uh, it's in Timothy, <laughs> uh, is that uh, Paul was telling him uh, to make sure that uh, you hold dear 
uh, your salvation and the doctrine uh, of the gospel of Jesus Christ because it is the truth. This is our God. This is the, what helps us to be ethical, to stand firm on the on our foundation uh, of Jesus Christ. And uh, Jesus Christ, of course, is the cornerstone of that foundation. And so that's why we must hold dear uh, what we read and what we understand and what we learn in God's Word and make it applicable. See, it's one thing to read it See that even atheists can can quote you scripture, but if you don't apply it, see that's the thing. We can't just give lip service to the things of God. We have to put it into practice, and by doing so, that is showing a that Judeo Christian ethic that is lacking so much in our society today. And uh, even though the progressives out there, the liberal progressives, may find may think that truth is relative, and truth is not relative. Uh, just because you you know it's like saying well uh, you know again you know uh, well that whatever the God's word says that's not how I take it or uh, you know I don't you know just or if you give a fact well that's not how I think of it that's not how I believe and truth is not relative all right just because you don't want to believe that truth God's word is static truth is static and so that's why we have to stand true just like you know that here we saw this. Seeing all this chaos going in our world, a lack of ethical behavior, a lack of God, just like this this woman uh, that we saw in Elizabeth, and she made a mistake. All right, she, I'm sure she is regretting it now, and uh, and regret what she said. At least I hope so. She may not. You know, she may be digging in and and not. But either way, her life is destroyed right now. I mean, like I said, she she's lost her job and everything. Uh, she her name is Mud. She's going to be seen now. People want to give her a hard time. Or, you know. And so that's why it's at, 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 at a time like this, it's even more uh, important for us as Christians to demonstrate a Christ-like attitude, to show love, to show compassion, to show sympathy, to show empathy, and uh, to show, you know, it doesn't matter. Like I said, I've told you before, you know, Islam is a very vile and disgusting religion. It is known as a religion of the sword for a reason. They, they you know... Uh, the word of God, Christianity, spread by word of mouth. Islam spread by force. And uh, it is the way their treatment of women and children is, is a very disgusting religion. However, if I was at a Walmart somewhere and I saw a, 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 a woman, uh, an Islam woman, who you know, has a face covering in the, in the, the traditional uh, clothing, and I saw someone out there being nasty to her and giving her a hard time, I would stand in front of her and I would be in the face of that individual and tell them to leave her alone. Why? Because that is the godly attitude. We defend the weak. We defend the helpless. We, we do what is right and respectable. That is a Judeo-Christian ethic put into practice and put into play. And even, if I, even though I don't agree with Black Lives Matters and what it stands for, if I saw someone mistreating someone where they may have a, a Black Lives t-shirt on, you know, I don't agree uh, with uh, with what that movement in and of itself uh, stands for, I was still standing in between that individual and defend that person. If I had been there in Elizabeth and I saw this woman cursing out a little 16-year-old girl, I have a 16-year-old daughter, and I would have been, hey, lady, you need to cool it. Just chill, you know, leave her alone. You know, even though I don't agree with what me on the side she's standing on, you know, you don't talk to a kid like it. You're a grown woman, have some, have some uh, decency, you know. So that's one thing we have to take into play, that we are being showing a godly attitude. We're showing a godly love. It is needed now more than ever to showing that kind of love and attitude. It is needed. We have to do it 
Don't let the old devil rob your joy and take over and cause your your mouth to write checks your backside can't cash, so to speak. You know, let's let's not um, let's not give in to that hate. That's what the old devil wants. Let's, we're better than that. We are children of God. We are prince and princesses to the throne of God. We're equal co-heirs to the throne with Jesus Christ. Let us demonstrate that change of heart and change of attitude. Let us be separate. Let us be that light in the world of darkness. Let us pray. And Father, Lord, we thank you, love you, and praise you. Lord, thank you so much for this wonderful day. Thank you for your grace, your mercy, your love, your joy, your peace overflowing. Lord, Lord let us always demonstrate a, a, a Judeo-Christian ethic, that attitude uh, of love, not an act, not a front, but to genuinely show that change of heart, that change of mind, a new creation that you have made within us when we come to know you as our personal Lord and Savior. Let us be a light in a world of darkness. Lord, if there's anyone watching this morning that doesn't know you, let him pray this prayer. Dear God, forgive me of all my sins. Jesus, I know you died on the cross for me. I know you rose from the grave for me. Come into my heart and save me. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. Lord, be with us, lead us, God, and watch over protect us today. Uh, Lord, I pray that uh, you'll be with this nation, that you'll heal our land, and that you will bring peace upon this nation. And Lord, a little way to do that is for people to come to know you, that they'll turn their lives over to you utterly, totally, and completely, Lord. And I pray that you'll touch the hearts and minds uh, before it's too late. Lord, be with our sister in Christ, Kim Penix and uh, Wendy Lee, as they're going through these uh, treatments. And uh, Lord, bring healing upon them, and Ron and Thelma Thompson, and uh, Ron, Ginger and Troy Hood, and uh, Roger Winters, and uh, Linda David Feathers, and Rachel Bid Darlene, and uh, her. Uh, family and stepfather and uh, Lord I pray to be with my Aunt Linda and, and my cousin Jesse and I pray with my dad Lord to bring healing upon him and Lord I just pray that uh, you'll be their police officers Lord let them know that they are loved they are needed and they are appreciated by a great many people and Lord I pray to be with our president give him the proper wisdom knowledge and discernment in the running of our country and Lord I pray that uh, you'll be protection by him and his family in Jesus name I pray amen well, my friends, I thank you all for watching. And, uh, oh, we've got a few uh, more comments here. Uh, Ms. Kimberly said uh, we all need to bond together and pray for our country. And I, yes, ma'am, that is completely correct. Oh, and my dear friend Eileen, I love her dearly. She's a sweet friend. Uh, said we need to remember that those we may not agree with, we are also made in the image of God. And he loves them equally as he loves us. Well said, Miss Eileen. I appreciate those kind words. And uh, I hope everybody will read what... Uh, Kim and Eileen has written there, and uh, very, very good words, ladies. I thank you for that. appreciate that. Uh, really do. So, uh, And uh, you'll do well to heed what they said. Uh, my friends, uh, don't forget, uh, if you want to uh, share these devotions, you can always find me at uh, here on Facebook at Dr. Young 77 If they Friends or family don't do Facebook, you can find me on YouTube at Dr. Matthias Young, and you can watch all the devotions there. And or, if you haven't already, be sure and tune in to the Doc Young Chronicles podcast on Apple iTunes, free of charge. Don't cost you a thing. Audio only, and uh, but you can listen to that as you're working around the house or going on and about your day. So, hope everybody has a great day today, a fantabulous day. And uh, remember, live each day as if it were your last, because one day it will be. Thanks for watching. God bless.